This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, November 8th, 2015. Truths that transform, love never fails. Well, good morning, Connection Church. As I said earlier, my name is Lori Brown. I'm the pastor of spiritual formation here at Connection and a sinner who's been saved by God's love and grace. Would you pray with me, please? Holy God, we thank you so much for today. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to gather and worship, to be around other believers, to fellowship with each other, to hear your word. And Lord, we just pray right now that you would open our hearts and our minds, our souls, our ears, our eyes, for all that you have for us today, because you have a lot for us today, Lord, and every day. Most importantly, Lord, have us be changed and transformed by the worship, by your message, for each and every one of us. We thank you also, and remember Alan and Carrie, who are going to be coming home soon. We look forward to seeing them next week, and we hope that they had an awesome, refreshed time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, we continue our series called Truths That Transform. These are truths that are found in the Bible, that if we incorporate them into the fabric of our lives, if we take them on, if we learn to live them and make them part of who we are, they transform not only our lives, but the lives of the people around us. Today's truth is, love never fails. Say that with me. Love never fails. So at first glance, we might be thinking, well, if love never fails, then why is the divorce rate so high? If love never fails, why are there so many starving people around the world? If love never fails, why is there a heroin epidemic on the rise right here in Middletown and the state of Delaware. Did you know that? Good, I'm glad some of you are aware. (laughs) Heroin is dangerous, it's deadly, it's impacting people and families right here in our own congregation, along with the other things I mentioned too. In addition to these questions, we could ask lots of questions, like if love never fails, then why is XYZ happening? So first, Let's consider one of the reasons these things are happening is because we live in a broken, love-starved world. There appears to be a love shortage, a lack of love in the world for our neighbors, our families, and the people in our lives. The problem is, is we are all born with a natural inclination to do non-loving things. I don't know about you, but I have done a lot of non-loving things. It's part of our DNA as human beings. We call it sin in the church. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We also suffer from another condition called self-centeredness. I have that too. Where many times we put our own selfish desires, our needs, our appetite for more, Money, things, power, greed, lust, our own fulfillment. We put these things above and to the detriment of other people to lesser or greater degrees. When we do this, we don't have other people's best interest and welfare 
in mind. We instead fill ourselves with these other things and we end up having a love shortage for the people around us. It's not pretty and many times it's actually downright ugly. Not to mention the fact that sometimes people just make it really difficult to love. Do you know any of those people? Are you that person for someone? Well, love, love is the one thing that we all need. But what exactly do we mean by love? So there are two primary aspects of love. The first is the feeling kind of love. Have you ever been in love before? When I first met Dave, I had this feeling. I was in love. <laughs> we also feel love for our friends, our family members, and people we like. They're easy to love, right? Because we like them. Or at least until they do something that we don't like. Or until that love feeling goes away. See, the problem with this kind of love is that feelings come and feelings go. Feeling love will not get us through the long haul. Feeling love will not keep our marriages together. Feeling love will not change the world. The aspect of love that we want to focus on today is love as a verb. Love as a verb is action-oriented. Love is a choice, and it's expressed in action. This type of love is not dependent on our feelings. We love whether we feel like it or not. Now, I like how the author, James C. Hunter, describes love. He describes it as, why don't you say it with me, the acts of extending yourself for others by identifying and meeting their legitimate needs and seeking their greatest good and welfare. That's really the kind of love we're talking about today. Loving others by seeking their greatest good and welfare. If we take on this kind of love and we plug in the power of God who desires just that, we can make a huge difference in the lives of those around us. What if we all learn to love the people in our lives like that? Our spouses, our children, our family, our parents, coworkers, friends, neighbors, schoolmates. What if we all loved each other like that? Well, the Bible has some great wisdom for us. If we turn to 1 Corinthians, we find a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth. Corinth was a church that Paul helped to start and was later struggling. There was division in the church. Believers were hurting other believers, and they had other problems. One of the things that they needed was a lesson in love. In 1 Corinthians 13, beginning with verse 4, Paul begins to describe what love is. 
Now, all the biblical references of love that we're using today refer to as what is called agape love. Agape love is the unconditional love that God has for everyone. It is unconditional in that it does not love some and not others. That means that God loves the most despicable person you can think of to the best and everyone in between. God pours out love to all without exception, condition, and price. There is nothing we can do to earn it, absolutely nothing. Agape love is free and it's expressed in action. It seeks our greatest good and welfare. Paul beautifully describes love by saying, why don't you say it with me? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Now this kind of love is not possible without having a personal relationship with Jesus. Our human love has limits. Our love is many times conditional and falls short of the way Paul describes love. We can't love the way Paul describes it here without God in our lives. We love because he, God, first loved us. From the moment we were conceived in our mother's womb, God loved us. God continues to love us day after day after day. God's love never stops. Even when we turn away from God, even when we resist God, even when we believe we are unlovable. Have you ever felt unlovable? God loves you even when you feel unlovable. God continues to love us all. We're told in John 1, 4, 8, say it with me, God is love. God is love, and God is so much more than love. The very heart and essence of who God is, is love. All the other attributes of God, creator, redeemer, sustainer, judge, advocate, healer, holiness, life, we could go on and on, they are all informed by God's love. God created us out of his love. Humanity fell into sin. And God's redemptive, restorative love has been chasing and wooing each and every one of us ever since that. God desires to have a personal relationship with each and every one of you. All, we all have this love-shaped hole in our heart. The only thing that truly satisfies 
and fills that hole is God. If God is love, we could also say Jesus is love and the Holy Spirit is love. God's love woos us before we even know who God is. We call that pervenient grace in the church when God woos us before we even know him. But we have a choice. We have free will. We all have free will, and we can choose to resist or receive God's love. We can draw nearer or further away. God never forces his way into our lives. But as soon as we open up, he receives us freely. He pours out his love, and God will never, ever stop loving you. So six weeks after I came to Connection in February of 2004, I chose to stop resisting God. I finally heard enough, and I believed in my heart that Jesus is the Son of God while reading the Purpose Driven Life book written by Rick Warren. I invited Jesus in to my heart to be my Lord and Savior. I said a simple prayer. I said, Jesus, I receive and believe you. I believe in faith that you are who you said you are in my heart of hearts. I want you in my life. Come into my life. I was forever changed that day. Forever. When we invite Jesus into our lives, we are immediately given the gift of the Holy Spirit. We are immediately given love who resides in us. We become a new creation. We are born of God. The old is gone. The new has come. We sang that awesome song, I'm a new creation. Before that day, and this is true for each and every one of us that has invited Jesus in, before that day, we did not have the capacity to love like God would have us love. That doesn't mean that we did not love, but our human love, again, as I said it before, our human love has limits. It's only after being spiritually born into the kingdom of God that we have the capacity to love, like Paul describes in these verses. Inviting God in expands our capacity to love. Have you expanded your capacity to love by inviting Jesus to be the leader of your heart? We could also read the, reread these verses and replace the word love with the word Jesus. These words are simply true of Jesus when he walked on the planet in human flesh. So let's do that right now. Let's read that together. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Jesus does not envy. Jesus does not boast. Jesus is not proud. Jesus does not dishonor others. Jesus is not self-seeking. Jesus is not easily angered. Jesus keeps no record of wrongs. Jesus does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Jesus always hopes, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Now, we could also reread these words and replace our name 
for love, if we did that, and you can do that later on your own, we will all find out that our love falls short. We all have a love gap. Even Mother Teresa had a love gap. And that's why we need God to help us fill the love gap. The important question is, is after we become believers, are we growing in our capacity to love others the way God would have us love them? That's the question. Has your love increased over the past year? Are we growing in the likeness of Christ? Do we find that we're not as easily angered? You know, we probably still get angry, but do we find we're not as easily angered? Do we find it easier to let go of past wrongs that others have done to us? Is our love less self-centered? If we have not grown in our love, we need to ask ourselves, what's in the way? Are we not spending enough time with God in prayer, reading the Bible, worship? Take some time and think about it. Ask God. Ask your small group if you're in one. Ask your spouse or your children. I know my daughter, Kimberly, is brutally honest with me when I ask her these questions. So back to 1 Corinthians 13. Paul next writes, a very bold statement. Say it with me. Love never fails. God's love truly never gives up on any of us. God's redemptive love is constantly working behind the scenes, whether you see it or not. And God wants us to extend that same kind of love to others. Now I'm going to modify James C. Hunter's definition of love to read the acts of extending yourself for others by prayerfully seeking God to identify and meet their legitimate needs according to God's heart and seeking their greatest good and welfare. Let's say that again. Let's say that together. The acts of extending yourself for others by prayerfully seeking God to identify and meet their legitimate needs according to God's heart, and seeking their greatest good and welfare. We have to prayerfully seek God, because in reality, we don't know what's best for people. God does. God tells us the first and greatest commandment is love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Our truth for today is love never fails. And for love not to fail... We need to love. Are we going to allow God's love to work through us? Are we going to love the people in our lives by extending ourselves for them, sacrificially and praying and seeking to meet their legitimate needs according to God's heart and seeking their greatest good and welfare? Are we willing to do that? even to those who are really difficult to love. So Dave and I used to have this really angry, scary neighbor. 
an Irish ex-Marine martial arts expert who liked to drink a lot and play music really loud, intentionally trying to get under the skin of some of the neighbors. Most nights, he would turn the music off by 11 p.m. My son, Sean, and I were home alone. Dave was away on business. I was anxious and afraid one night because one night he was blaring the music extra, extra loud and it was going way beyond 11 o'clock. I had always wondered if one of these nights he was just going to snap and go ballistic on the neighborhood. I thought maybe tonight is the night. I also imagined him having a stockpile of guns and that didn't help my thoughts at all. <laughs> well, that night I called the police. I watched and I waited for the police to come. And then I heard it. He turned the music off. There was a pause. And then he yelled at the top of his lungs. Imagine yelling, a grown man yelling at the top of his lungs, blank you all. I will tell you, I could barely sleep that night. I could barely sleep. A couple of days later, I couldn't stop thinking about how angry he was. I imagined he had this big ball of hate, like in his heart. And I started to really worry about him, his wife, and his daughter. He has a family. I thought, he's either going to have a heart attack, a die, or snap, or end up in jail, or worse, and like our entire neighborhood is going to be on the news. That same week, I was pulling into my neighborhood, and I was, as I was coming around the corner, it was like God spoke to me. This is why it's so important that we have the power of God in us. God said that I was going to go over there and talk to him. <laughs> now, I will tell you, this was not my idea of how to meet his legitimate needs and greatest good. My whole body just started to shake in the car. I said, oh, no, I'm not. I pulled in the driveway. I got out of the car, and it was like my legs started walking over to his house. I was like, oh, my gosh. It was like the Holy Spirit was saying back to me, oh, yes, you are. I love him and you are going to talk to him. So I'm marching over there. He sees me coming. I can't imagine what he was thinking. Well, long story really short, I told him I was really concerned about him and his heart. I asked him if he remembered what happened the other night, because I wasn't sure if he was drunk or he had blacked out, and I didn't know if he remembered. I proceeded to tell him how afraid I was, what he did, and more importantly, how worried I am for him. I even told him God loves him. We had a great conversation that day. I was able to listen to him and find out why he was so angry. We talked for about an hour, and after that day, Dave and I developed a friendship with him. About a year later, he came over to us and he gave us a gift of thanks for all that we had done for him. He admitted to us that my coming over that day was the turning point and wake-up call he needed to start getting help. 
Love never fails. Love never fails. Love, God, sent me over there to talk with him. Now here's the thing. He is still our neighbor, but he is not the same person. He's still got issues, but now he's open to looking for help. He calls us. He calls us his brother and sister. He keeps an eye on our house when we're gone. We're able to laugh. We're able to speak truth in love and grow together. We, Dave and I, loved him only because God first loved us. And some of you might be thinking, I wouldn't have been able to do that. And honestly, I was not able to do that. We, Dave and I, would not have been able to love him if we did not have God's love, the power of the Holy Spirit within us. Love never fails. So where are you today? How are you going to measure your love? With your feelings or your actions? And here's the thing, the most powerful weapon we have to fight against the enemy, the evil, the hurt in our love-starved world is God's redemptive love living inside of us. If you don't have it, invite him in. God's love is the only thing, the only thing that never fails. You know, this message has really convicted me in preparing. Um, my top prayer is now going to be, God, increase my love. Increase my love for you, God. Increase my love for those who are around me. Increase my love. You know, this is going to sound a little silly, but um, I really now get why God has these as the top two commandments. <laughs> you know, it's like it moved from here to here, and that's because love never fails. Say it with me. Love never fails. Just imagine for a moment if we all prayed, God, help us extend ourselves for others by prayerfully seeking to identify and meet their legitimate needs according to your heart, God, that always seeks their greatest good and welfare. Make it personal. What if we prayed for that for the people we love and for those really difficult people in our lives? For example, God, help me extend myself to my husband, Dave, by prayerfully seeking, seeking to identify and meet his legitimate needs according to your heart and your will, God, that only seeks and desires his greatest good and welfare. Or for that really difficult person, what if you put in their name, God, help me extend myself to my difficult spouse, my difficult child, my difficult coworker, by prayerfully seeking to identify and meet their legitimate needs according to your heart and your will that only seeks their greatest good and welfare. Love never fails. How are you going to measure your love? Let's pray.
Holy God, we thank you, Lord, that you loved us first so that we can love you. Lord, right now I just pray for anybody out there who has not invited you in, who has not invited love into their heart. Lord, I pray that they would want to fill that love gap. Lord, help us all be changed and transformed by this message. Help us love by seeking your heart for people so that we can help change and transform the world, one person, one family, one neighborhood, one country at a time. We also lift up any needs that are on the people's hearts right now, Lord. Um, those who are in need or have been hurt or wounded, we pray for healing. We just pray for any of the concerns that are on our hearts. We lift them up to you. We lift them up to love. Thank you for chasing us. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus in the life.